welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Um, I really have um, a full circle kind of word from God for you today. Um, when the pandemic started in 2020 and we all have different opinions about it and different ideas of what it did and what it meant and all the things we could learn from it. But but um, the, the first thing that I remember saying, and it was right around March, middle of March, was we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. Can anybody say amen? amen? You remember us talking about we're going to the other side. Jesus got in the boat with his disciples and said, we're going to the other side. And the storm came. It didn't matter because circumstances don't determine whether God's word is going to come to pass or not. If God says we're going to the other side, if we say we're going to the other side, then guess what? No matter what comes against us, we're going to the other side. And so this passage of scripture is found in Mark, chapter four, when Jesus said we're going to the other side, he was demonstrating for them the power of planting the seed of God's word, which is what God did when he sent Jesus. He literally planted God in the earth and God multiplied into sons and daughters and a huge family all around the world, billions of people that are born again Christians throughout history and throughout the earth right now. And he said, let us go to the other side. And, you know, the sto- you know, the story, the storm came and the winds blew and they're crying out, Jesus, don't you care? We're we're sinking. What are we going to do? And Jesus woke up and he said, peace, be still. And then what happened in chapter at the end of chapter four? They made it to the other side. Isn't it interesting? They made it to the other side, just like he said they would. And the first thing that happened when he got out of the boat was immediately a man with a legion of demons, thousands of demons. This man had say, what does this have to do with Christmas? You'll see. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him and verse three of Mark, chapter five goes on to say, and he'd been dwelling among the tombs and no one was able to bind him. And no one was able to control him. And he was cutting himself, gashing himself with stones. He was breaking through the chains that were holding him. And I want you to know something. I'll start with the end and work my way back for a few moments. When Jesus delivered this man from this demon and the power of the devil, You know, and the next thing he did after this man was delivered, he got back in the boat with his disciples and they went back. In other words, he went through all that trouble getting in the boat and going through a storm. He went to all that trouble for one person. One person. We don't have any record of him doing anything else in Mark, Chapter five. When he got to the other side, he got that. He healed that man. He delivered that man and then got right back in the boat and went back. Why would he do that? Because that's how much he loves each and every one of us individually, that he will go through hell 
and back for you, for me. That's all he did. Came all that way. And you know, what a story that man had to tell after this. Right. Think about the story he had to tell after this. This man was demon possessed. He had a legion of demons. Some say up to six thousand demons lived inside of him. Thousands of demons. And Jesus cast him into the pigs and they went over water. And you know the story. They were drowned and the guy ended up in verse 15, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Wow. Clothed and in his right mind. Boy, the good news about this church is you might not come in your right mind, but at least you come clothed. So thank you for that. But we'll get you in your right mind if you stick with us long enough. We'll get you in your right mind. Amen. We're going to get people in their right mind. Yeah, come on. That's that's awesome. Would you stand up? You know, you started this clap. Would you stand up? I just want to. Yeah, you. I love you. We love you. I always see you here. I'm so thankful for you, Cynthia. You're such a blessing. You're such a gift from God. Thank you for being here. So precious. She's she started the clap. You know, whenever I'm at something, I like to be like I like to get the clap going. I wait for some of you to do it here. But if I'm somewhere else, I'm like, as soon as somebody says something, yeah, I'm into it, man. She was double clapping. She she gave us a family feud double clap. And I got to tell you, that is beautiful. That is lovely. And we need to be we need to we need to clap or clap your hands. All you people shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Um, (laughs) But I want you to see something in this passage of scriptures. When this man got delivered, he was so thankful and so happy. He's clothed in his right mind. Verse 15 and and then in verse 16, he it says that um, it says the herdsmen in verse 14, they told in the city and the country and the people came to see what had happened. They found the man clothed in his right mind. Verse 15, verse 16. And those who had seen it described them as being the man who demon possessed had been the demons had gone out of the man into the pigs. Right. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region as he was getting and as he was getting into the boat, he was already leaving. He didn't need their departure to say goodbye. He was already going back as he was getting into the boat. The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might go with him. And this is my word for you today. And Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home. Go home. Go home. Well, this just grabbed me recently. Jesus said to this man, go home. Go home. Would you look at this in the if you guys have the new new American New King James Bible, go home to your friends. I thought about this. He said, go home to your friends. 
you know, the Amplified Bible says Jesus did not let him come, but instead he said to him, go home to your family. Now, wait a second here. He said, go home, but then he said, go home to your friends. But the Amplified says, go home to your family. The New American Standard says, go home to your people. How many know everybody has some people? You got some people. I got some people. We all have some people. And Jesus said, go home. So we have these words interchangeable. He said, go home to your family, go home to your friends, go home. The accurate translation is friends, but can be interpreted as family. And one of the things I'd really like to get across to you in a moment or two is that is that we're supposed to be friends with the people in our homes. We're supposed to be friends with the people in our homes. We're supposed to take the good news. We're supposed to take the miracle. We're supposed to take the lesson we've learned. We're supposed to take the love that we've experienced. We're supposed to take the the faith that we of his that we've received. And we're supposed to take it home. We're supposed to go home with it. We're supposed to take it to our homes. We're supposed to take it to our houses. We're supposed to take it to our families where God is not a divider of families as false religion has taught sometimes. And I've erred in those things sometimes, too. And there is Jesus in one sense did say, I've come to bring a sword to separate and divide. And of course, if you decide to follow Jesus and your family members decide to not to, then yes, there is going to be a, a division there. But the point is, is we're not starting out with a division. If that ends up happening, that's fine. But let it not be because we didn't go home to tell them. Let it not be because we didn't go home to share with them. Let it not be because we didn't go home with love. Let it not be because we didn't go home with the gospel. If they're going to be divided from us, let it be because we've loved them so much that they've divided. We've given so much. We've cared so much. We've prayed so much. We've demonstrated so much. We've hugged so long that they don't want anything to do with our love. Let it it be because they don't want any more love. Let it not be because we're self-righteous. Let it not be because we think we're better. Let it not be because we think we're more important. Let it not be because we're holier than anybody else, because we are not holier than anybody else. We are all made the righteousness of God by the blood of Jesus. And the only thing that's different between me and somebody that hasn't received him is that they just haven't received him yet. Boy, we've been missing this, but I believe these last two years almost has been God trying to get our attention at home. God's trying to get our attention at home. You can't be rah rah here and blah blah there. You can't be. I love you. I love you here. And then, man, she hate that guy. So weird. She's so strange. Thinks she's so great. We have to take this home. We have to go home with this. We need to go home with this. Jesus said, go home. Jesus said, go. The message Bible says, go home to your own people. Tell them your story, what the master did 
how he had mercy on you. Tell him. I love what he says. The first translation, he says, or the new American says, and he did not let him go. He said, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. We're supposed to be talking about what he has done for us. We're not supposed to be talking about what we've done. We're supposed to be talking about what he's done. Go home. My word for you today is go home. Go home, have church at home tomorrow with us online, but go home. Go home and take this. Go home and talk about this. We. I don't we don't we don't have to go home and talk about. Well, was the service good? Did the singers sing well? Did we do our did was the preacher? Why was why was he talking out of Mark chapter five? It's Christmas. Why isn't he in Luke chapter two? Why isn't he in Matthew chapter one? Why is this is the word I have for you? God's been wanting to get in our homes. The world stopped. 20 something months ago. And God said, I'm not stopping, I'm just getting started. The world stopped and God said, OK, this is a great opportunity with the devil meant for evil. God bent for good and God started getting in our homes. And remember, for a year we had church at home only. Remember, for a year we had church at home only for a year. And then we started having, you know, service once a month, you know, November we had one, et cetera. You know, you were here. You you remember. (laughs) God wants to get in our homes and he wants us to take. He wants us to be reconcilers. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We're to we're to take. The gospel home. We're to live it at home. We're to be the most generous with the people in our lives. We're to show the most love. It's easy to love a stranger. It's easy to love, you know, somebody that's come to the church strung out on drugs and they just need somebody to hug them and love them and tell them everything's going to be all right. But so does so do your family members. They need you to love them. They need us to. Boy, Christianity's got a bad name because we go home and we just. We just kind of kick at everything. Just negative. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter one, they because they didn't believe God loved them. They went home and grumbled in their tents. They went home and grumbled in their tents. They went home and complained in their tents. May our homes be filled with praise. May our home, you know, the other day, I think Thanksgiving, we had um, some of the band over and their parents. Vlad came over and the you know, Vlad, the reincarnation of George Harrison. But Vlad, (laughs) he brings we're we're having dinner and, you know, it's kind of winding down and Vlad brings the ukulele. He brings a ukulele and starts playing. He said, you guys mind? We're like, yeah, bring it on. He starts playing ukulele and we're having the greatest time because 
he brought his praise home, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. The other day we were watching last week, we're watching last year's Christmas service and just watching it on the screen just for fun. And I mean, I'm just like a little kid just sitting there praising God, just having a moment with Jesus in the kitchen or in the family, wherever we were, it was just playing and we're just worshiping God. I'll probably play today's worship on my phone over and over. Next plane ride I'm on, I'll probably listen to it for hours and just weep, cry and worship and praise God and just have time with God. But in your home, there's a miracle waiting for you at home today. The miracle God wants to do today, in my opinion, as the Lord's leading me as your pastor is to go home and just take a moment and pray with your family. Take a moment and hug and love on and wait for your moment to share what God has done for you. Whenever we praise God, let it be because we're really praising him. We're not kind of tucking him in there as we're praising ourselves, because there is no flesh that gets to share God's glory. He alone is worthy. He alone. To him be all the glory. We don't give him most of the glory. Let me just explain it to you this way. For all the make some religious people mad right now. Ready? If they're if they even dare watch religious people, you know, they always want to just make sure that you remember you have to do some to add to what Jesus did. Let me tell you something. If Jesus did ninety nine percent of everything needed for your salvation, if Jesus did ninety nine percent and you did one percent, you know, if it was true that you have one percent involved in it, that you have one percent to do with it, if that was true, then you really would be responsible for 100 percent, because if it could only be 100 percent with your one percent, then really your one percent controls everything. So guess what? It's 100 percent Jesus and zero percent me, zero percent you. Now we make choices in life and we reap harvests in life, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to getting saved and when it comes to being a child of God, he did 100 percent of it. We we only even used the faith of the son of God. It wasn't even our faith so we could brag on how much faith we had. Jesus said a mustard seed and he didn't even say it came to us. It was up to us or that we created this faith. It was his faith, it's faith of the son of God. All right. It's Merry Christmas. Go home. Let's stand together. Let me tell you something as we stand, as we get ready to go. The first two signs 
of a healthy soul is number one, a heart at rest. And number two, happiness in your home. If you live by yourself, you can still have happiness in your home. If you live with anybody else and you are struggling with that person, you can still have happiness at home by being understanding, by being forgiving, by being kind. Kindness is never wrong. If you want to be healthy today, Christmas and every day going forward, the the two signs of your mental and emotional and spiritual health is number one. Your heart is at rest. You're not striving. You're not trying so hard. You're just trusting a heart that's trusting God is a heart that's at rest and the happiness at home. I I want you to know if you will fill your home with the words and the reminders of what God has done for you, you will have a happy home. Oh, there's reasons for me to be unhappy. There's reasons for Grace to be unhappy. There's reasons for it. Well, now we only now just meet her and Roman at home. And there's reasons for him to be unhappy. (laughs) That's one of them. (laughs) You know, he he could be unhappy. I could be unhappy. She could be unhappy. But when we take the pressure off of each other to make each other happy, we all of a sudden can be a blessing to each other. And then we just multiply the happiness that starts with each individual person. So go home knowing that your heart is at rest. Go home knowing that the good news is being sung about by angels. That must mean everything's going to be okay. If the angels are singing, be at peace. When they start judging, look out, hide, find yourself a rock you can slip under. But that's never going to happen to you because once you've received 100 percent, Jesus did 100 percent of it. Once you just agree with that, say, yeah, he did. Then everything from that moment can be at peace. You can have peace and you can have rest. And I pray that our homes will be filled with our stories of what God has done. Go home and just thank your family with your visiting relatives today or tomorrow. Thank them, love them. What are you thanking me for? Just being related to you. Somehow we were born of the same parents so that for a reason. And it's just maybe thank you. Maybe the only reason is for me to thank you. Maybe the only reason is for me to just tell you that God's done a miracle in my life and I'm not a selfish S.O.G. anymore, you know, 
son of a gun, you know. Um, tell them how God had mercy on you. Hey, I didn't deserve anything. God had mercy on me. And one day, one day, not only do we hear God saying, go home and tell your family, go home to your friends and your family, tell them the great things God has done. You know, when we go to heaven, that's when we're really going to go home. And I can almost hear Jesus saying when it's time for you to go to heaven, go home and tell your friends and go tell them all that God did for you. You know, we'll be occupy 1000 years in heaven after 1000 years of us telling each other all that God has done for us. When we get to heaven and we start telling each other all that, for you right now in your life. You might think your story is just a little magazine of 80 years on Earth. But when you get to heaven, you're going to realize that your your story was really a library. And so many things happened that you don't even realize, but we're going to realize and be fully aware of all the moments in our lives when we get to heaven and we'll be able to tell our stories to each other for a thousand years. And then as soon as a thousand years is up, we'll be like, you know what? I just remembered something else that was really cool. What God did. We will be for thousands and thousands of years retelling the good that God has done for us. So let's start now and let's make our conversation all about the good that God has done. I bless you. I release healing in your life. I release miracles in your life. And I say your miracle is going to meet you at home. Go home in peace. Go home with love. Go home with kindness. Let go of your regrets, and your pain. People done to you, forgive them and let's go home and let's walk in the love of Jesus. Amen. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that powerful message. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast for more amazing messages like what you just heard. You can also search for Gregory Dickow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter for tons of great content throughout the week.